Hello, welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, introducing the new podcast, which is the place for moms to find encouragement, hope, and inspiration, where we're supporting moms in the trenches of motherhood. You will receive practical tips and strategies to address the developmental needs of your children with a positive parenting perspective in mind. Here at Moms Changing the World, we are moms on the journey of changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Hello, welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner, CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, and Parent Coach here at Moms Changing the World, where we are excited to share conversations with moms who are doing exciting things in the world to make things better for children, one day at a time, one child at a time. I love getting to open up with a proverb from Africa. I am originally from Ghana, and this one doesn't say exactly where it's from in Africa, but the proverb says, having a good discussion is like having riches. And it's one that I may have used before, but I love it because we hear we have the best discussions around parenting and what we can bring to and to support one another as moms and what we can bring to our children and our families to really change the world, right? in small and big ways throughout the choices that we make. So I'm looking very, I've been looking forward to this discussion for a long time with our our guest today, Anita Prendergast. And she is the Good Mom Coach and founder of Village Academy for Families, LLC. She is a certified relationship coach and licensed massage therapist whose mission is to help enhance family well-being by incorporating therapeutic touch into their everyday life. She does this by providing education and resources to help build and maintain healthy relationships at home and in the community. Anita is the president of the Massage in Schools USA Association Board. The Massage in Schools program is an international nonprofit organization whose vision is that every child experience positive and nurturing touch every day, everywhere in the world. Through her online courses and live seminars, she shows moms how to parent with more ease and flow to prevent the overwhelm and burnout. And that is at the heart of a lot of what we talk about here as moms. So you can you know, learn more about her at her website. And I'll give you that uh, is www.thegoodmom.org and follow her on social media. Facebook, it's at Village Academy for Families and LinkedIn at Anita. Prendergast, spelled P-R-E-N-D-E-R-G-A-S-T. I am so excited to talk with you today, Anita. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited too. I love that you spelled my last name. I'll spell it like 10 times to keep still like, what? Right, right. Yes, yes. And You know, I like to share how I meet the moms who come on the show. And I was able to meet Anita through our mentoring circle with our coach. Shout out to Mia Redrick, um, who brings together just amazing women who are 
extending and expanding their reach through the, the work and the gifts that we have to other moms and families and children and communities. And so if you haven't uh, listened to the interview with Mia Redrick, after you listen to this one, make sure to go back to episode 33. And there are a few other of the moms uh, in our circle who I've interviewed, starting back at the opening of season two with Deborah Porter, kicked off that season. And then we had uh, two more in our Money Matters series towards the end of that season. So definitely you will not be disappointed to go back and check out you know, all of the moms that we interview here at Moms Changing the World. So Anita, you know, I read a little bit about you know, your background and the incredible work that you're doing. Why don't you tell us you know, a little bit about yourself, your family, and kind of how your life is these days? All right. Well, first, let me say um, thanks for mentioning our mentor, because this circle, I found a real tribe of women who are doing the same thing, but a little bit differently. And I love that we can all support each other and it's not a competition thing. And we just, you know, get in there because, you know, moms need help in all areas and, you know, and just in all in different ways. So I appreciate that. Thank you for being part of that. (laughs) And so I am a native New Yorker. Born and raised in Harlem, New York. Yes, we hear, you know, a touch of the accent, but not too much. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Um, I love to dance. I was like in a repertory dance company and, and, you know, whatever. So I love to dance and I love to sing, although I don't sing well, but I make everything a song. (laughs) So even like when my husband comes home, I like sing about him coming home and he'll like, can I just walk through the door? Without, Without a serenade. Walking through the door. <laughs> I like that. Well, you know, I, I'm a musician as well. And so I definitely, I can relate. And I, you know, I might need to try that when I see my kids and, you know, husband, I might need to just bust out. <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, warning, they'll get annoyed, but it's just so fun. It's, yeah, yeah. it's just so fun. But that's part of, you know, my laid back, happy, easygoing spirit that I think helps me with what I do. And I'm, like I said, I have my, I'm married. We've been, we've been um, married for seven years, but we've been together for 19 years. Wow. <laughs> That's that a is, long story. Yes. Long <laughs> it's a fun story. But, um, and then we have a blended family, a blended family, mine, his and ours. My oldest son is 25. He just turned 25. Wow. My, um, our middle child, my stepson is 20 and our baby girl is just turned 18. Oh, and we love to, I love to go on road trips. That's our thing, road trips. Nice, nice. You might have to think about and tell us about maybe a favorite, you know, destination that you've gone to recently, if uh, if something comes to mind. (laughs) Okay, you know, um, recently... Well, one of our favorite ones, the last one that we all took together, because, you know, they're a little bit older now, mm-hmm. is um, I call it our Southern Loop of the U.S. So we oh. I'm in Atlanta. So we went up to Tennessee, <laughs> then came down around to Louisiana, Florida. And so and we spent time in each of those states. And um, at the time, the middle son, he was maybe they weren't they weren't old enough. So we went to. um. We went to Louisiana. We went to, um, you know, went to Baton Rouge. Yeah, we went to all of that. And um, you know how they pan out the beads. Oh yeah, Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras. Yeah. So I didn't realize like we got caught up. Like we went early in the day for dinner. Oh, this is beautiful. But then at night it turned to be a. But he loved it. (laughs) I was like, let's go. You should be. 
He loved it. That's like all he talks about for the whole, <laughs> <laughs> the whole I'm sure he got quite the education. <laughs> he did. Yeah, so funny. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. All right. Well, it's out. Uh, yeah, it sounds like you're having fun out there and one of, yeah, one of the, you know, my, my kind of dreams bucket list for, you know, someday in the future, I tell him, I tease my husband that, you know, we should get a RV and just hit the road and just, you know, see the country. And, and he, he's always like, who's going to drive this RV? Who's going to be doing all this driving? <laughs> you are, darling. <laughs> right. So it's going to take a little more work to, to get him on board with this, uh, this dream of mine, but I'm glad that you are out there doing it and, uh, and seeing the different parts of the country. So, you know, you know, I like to start real practical as far as feeding our families and as moms, that's one of the the things that we're always kind of having to think about and and do and coordinate. And so I'd love to get tips, you know, from, from moms that I talk to about that. So what are, you know, some of your go-to meals or some of your, you know, easy, meal ideas that, you know, hopefully have a little bit of, you know, health to them as well. I know when you said that you was going to ask about meals, I just laugh because <laughs> I am not the cook at all. Yeah, And um, so this is one of the things that I talk about to my moms in the coaching program about expectations. So for a long time when my kids were small, you know, as a mom, you expected to do all the cooking and I'm just bad at it. but I did it anyway and um you know so I would sneak vegetables so we had like spaghetti like every week you know and but that was the only way mm -hmm, that I would sneak vegetables in I would you know cook the carrots whatever real soft and mush them up and you know so I knew at least one day out the week my kids gonna have like a good (laughs) healthy vegetable (laughs) meal yeah So that's one thing. And then like snacks. I love snacking on popcorn. We do actually, one of our policies is to not keep junk food in the house, Yeah. but I do have my stash in the corner. So they're like, mom, do you have, I know you have your stash. I'm like, I don't have anything. But <laughs> so we don't keep junk food in the house, which is yeah. very helpful. Yeah. But then every now and then, like maybe once a month, I'll buy ice cream or I'll buy, you know, mm. a bag of chip, you know, whatever. And then when that's gone, then that's gone for the month. So that's how we kind of manage. Manage that. Yes. I mean, as you know, the, the, whether you're the main cook or supporting it, you know, moms are often managing, right. And in control, right. Of what comes in and out of the house, especially when the children are young and they don't have their own money to do their own shopping and that kind of thing. And so we, I, I love that. If, you know, if we don't bring it in the house, it's not available, right? If it's not exactly. there, then we don't have it. But once we, when we have it, right, once in a while, everything is, all food is to be enjoyed. You can have it, enjoy it, and then it's done. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like the, you know, kind of getting carrots into things. I, you know, if you've been around here, you probably heard me say that I feel like I grate carrots into everything because they are, <laughs> they just add a real natural sweetness to things. If you cook it, you know, cook whatever you're cooking and the carrots are in there. It just kind of melts and, and dissolves yes. away and um, yes. chop it up and it just adds a great flavor to food. Yes. So you can, you can grate a lot of, you know, the veggies and they just kind of melt away into the background and yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, they can learn to enjoy and appreciate, you know, seeing it and, and eating it as well. No, they see it. My kids see it. They're not, it's like, they'll pick out the tiniest little bit of, <laughs> what's this green thing? Like, Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, and you bring up a good point about expectations, right? Mm -hmm. And we all have our, you know, our strengths, right? Whether we're, you know, kind of masters in the kitchen or we're, you know, so what some families call like the survival cook, right? Like the bare minimum, right? To to get everybody fed and well. 
that was me. You know, so much of the pressure we put on ourselves, you know, can come through because of just unrealistic expectations that we have of ourselves or our spouses. And so I think, you know, I, I always encourage people just to talk through them, right? To just put it out there because sometimes when you say it out loud, <laughs> you know, then it's more clear, like what that expectation is, how realistic it is right. and how you can partner, you know, with your spouse or partner, you know, whoever that might be to, to set a goal, right. And just work a right. little by little towards that. And it starts with a conversation. Um, one of the, like I talk about cooking and my, about me being bad at it. And um, my husband is from Jamaica. So, you know, anything about Jamaican men, I don't mean the stereotype, but, you know, they're used to like having this real wholesome, good cook. I'm like, honey, I tried. I can't do that. (laughs) So it came from a conversation one day where I just said, "Um, look, I can't do this. I need help in the mornings. This is, you know, I'm stressed in the mornings. And um. Out of that conversation, that real raw conversation, because everyone's yeah. expecting me to make breakfast, do this, do this. I was like, I just can't do it. Yeah. Um, now he brings me breakfast in bed just about every morning because wow. he wakes up before I do. So, yeah. so he's like, okay. And it comes from a conversation, like you said, those expectations and mm-hmm. you know, just being honest with, you know, we have 20 years almost under the belt. I'm not going to <laughs> make oxtails and you know what? I'm not going to yeah. be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you can, you know, kind of doctor it up and find your way towards it, but it's not going to be, maybe it's it not, might not be the original. Up yeah. to your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's where, you know, some oftentimes, you know, you know, many men are learning and stepping into, you know, being able to cook more and more of the things that they yes. want and like. And yeah, I'm blessed to have a husband who can, you know, cook and, you know, so, you know, supports our family, you know, in that way so that we can share the, you know, the, the, the joy of, of feeding our families and, and feeding each other well. So and that's an ex- expectation on the men too. You know, they're not expected yeah. to cook or if they do cook, they feel like, Oh, you know, that's the, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, just to have that real conversation in your own household to know how each of what, you can help one another out. Exactly. Exactly. Great. So yes, I'd love to kind of get back to your, you know, your passion and I'd love for you to tell me, you know, how you kind of came to discover, you know, your passion and your interests. Yes. So um, I went to, I started out at um, the University of South Carolina and I got my degree in exercise science with a focus in um, early childhood development. Mm. So when I graduated there, I just went I worked in a preschool for um, 15 years and it was supposed to be temporary, <laughs> just, you know, quick, you know, whatever, just to, you know, work to make some money right out of college. And, um, but I stayed there for 15 years. I just love, love, love working with the kids. And um, from there, I started going to massage therapy school because um, I said, well, let me, you know, I really wanted to do the physical therapy, the therapeutic part of it, working um, with individual kids because I saw a need. And so I went to phys- uh, massage therapy school and I found a way to kind of blend the, the two loves, you know, children and therapeutic massage. So that's how I got into that. That's great. That's great. And in the course of that, you became a mom. Right. Yes. And so, so then how did that kind of factor into the formation, right, of, of the work that you do now? Right. Well, that actually was one of the reasons why I went into massage therapy, because as a um, preschool teacher, I felt like I had no 
time for my own kids. So I say, you know what? I really want that flexibility. So I did that. And that's where I discovered, oh, wait, you can actually incorporate massage for kids as well. And so, you know, as I was working with moms, you know, prenatal massage and just developing the whole thing, moms started asking me, oh, well, how do I do this? How do I get my kids to do that? So I found myself always giving the same advice to moms Mm -hmm. and going through what I was going through with my own kids. I can see, you know, the differences and, you know, just doing a back rub at night, you know, can make in your child's life. Like you ask your school age kid or whatever, how was school today? Oh, what did you learn? Oh, nothing. We didn't do anything. It's like, you would think they just went and sat in school. (laughs) Right. But you get them, you start rubbing their back. I tell you, I knew everything that went (laughs) on in in their lives. (laughs) So, you know, just having those pointers, giving those to moms. And um, so then I decided to say, hey, look, I can be a mom coach. (laughs) And I can put this into a program where, because I'm sure other moms need it. And what I hear other moms saying is that I wish, I knew you when, when my kids were younger. And I'll say, I wish I knew myself when my kids were younger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, what, it's, it's such a journey, you know, to discover, you know, what works for our kids and, you know, how we can tap into, you know, the, these really what we might think as minor things or we might just gloss over. But the, there is such power in human touch. Yeah. My own kind of, background or perspective with touch and massage is that, you know, developmentally, of course, you know, from uh, newborns, right, the the senses are uh, from the get-go, you know, uh, the main way that a child is taking in information uh, around them into their brain and into their body. And from, you know, birth, I mean, touch is one of the first senses, right, that, that gets activated in, you know, kind of being received from the mom's body, right, and being held and cuddled and nursed. And so that, that, that touch is so foundational and so powerful, especially for infants and toddlers who are limited, right, in, in the, the development of various senses, you know, vision doesn't fully come in for a couple of weeks, right? You know, hearing is there, but it's disconnected, right? So there's so so many aspects of of sensation that are evolving from from the get go, and mm-hmm. so it's such a beautiful thing to them. As I you know became a mom myself, I you know heard and was reading more about you know infant massage, right, and and baby massage, and they offered some of these classes and some of the the mommy you know groups and circles and programs that I was a part of. And I also would get a, I got a book um, that was really kind of easy, like flip stand kind of a book that had just different ways, different massage patterns that you can do for different things when the baby's crying, you know, what you could do when the baby might be uh, irritable with the belly, you know, how to rub and, you know, the clockwise formation, you know, so there's so many different things that I started picking up and I knew that that was something that I wanted to incorporate and so easily could do that when they were really, really young. And so I, you know, I'd love for us to talk more about how we can incorporate touch at the various stages, because sometimes we are, it's very natural, right, to, to wear our babies and have that skin to skin when they're babies. But then as they get older, we, we lose sight of the power of touch. So can you help us understand a little bit about that? Absolutely. Yes. So I'm glad you mentioned um, your journey with 
to treat your own children. Because a lot of times, you know, I named my company Village Academy for Families because sometimes that village, don't, they don't know, they don't have the appropriate tools or they don't know what tools they need to raise. You know, we all know that it takes a village to raise a child. Absolutely. But if you don't know those tools, then you're, you're not equipped with it. So, you know, I give parents these tools. And um, one of the main ones that I believe in is um, therapeutic touch. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, touch is like the first thing, the first sense that's developed in the womb. It's, it's directly attached to our nervous system. Right. You know, we don't think about that, but the skin, you know, you hear is the largest organ of the body, but it's living and breathing. And it has a direct link to your, um, to your brain. And so, you know, so when we add touch at an early age, that's making those brain connections is making is, is with that bonding. And, um, you know, when I teach infant massage to parents, you know, a lot of times when parents have, um, you know, at the first time child, yes, it causes friction in the, yeah, it causes friction in the relationship. Um, Somewhere like maybe 67% of couples say they feel very unhappy after the birth of their first child. And a lot of that comes from expectations. Right, that <laughs> you know, we already touched on. Expectations that we put yeah. on each other. Yeah. And um, just feel not feeling that bond to the child or to each other because where um, the lack of sleep, you know, you mentioned the belly rubs, you know, the colic that the baby has. So simple massage techniques can help with bonding. It's like a physical thing. Physical touch releases um, hormones right. that you need for bonding. Yes, so, the oxytocin um, gets going. Exactly. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. And um, I love when I'm talking to someone who gets it, who knows it. <laughs> I love it, love it, love it. But um, yeah, so just introducing um, the touch and um, intentional touch, you know, um, I have what I call the um, peas, Prendergast peas for, um, it used to be Prendergast peas for providing perfect massage. Now it's um, Prendergast peas for practically perfect parenting. <laughs> <laughs> I love all those peas. <laughs> yes. And basically the really two important ones are presence, like just establishing that presence with one another, with you and the infant, you and your partner and um, permission you know, asking for permission, asking for what you want or don't want. And that permission process, even for the infants, is so important because it gives them the ability to say yes or no to what's going to happen to them. That's great. That's great. So then, you know, we've talked a little bit about infant massage. You know, what about as children get older, right? And, you know, once they start walking and talking and they are really like literally like moving away from us, right? When they're babies, like they have to can rely on us to hold and touch them, right? Uh, for all of their needs. But then as they walk away, you know, and, and learn how to play and do a climb and do all these things that like move them physically away from us, you know, how do we, in, you know, incorporate that therapeutic touch? I know. And it's so like, we feel so sad when they start to pull away from us, right? We're like, oh, but that's my baby. We have to realize that that's, you know, part of life. That's, um, they need that, they need that to grow, to help with their confidence. So we need to support that they're moving away from us a little bit, but know that they're going to come back. And uh, one thing that I want to say when they do come back, just hugs, hugs, hugs for the toddlers. That's what they need. Um, 28 seconds. Is oh. a good time, you know, a nice long hug. Wow. And I have a funny story about um 
about the hugs because when I used to work in preschool, um, I had this one boy who, um, you know, he would get so excited when he saw his other friend come to school. And um, so the first thing he would do is he would run and push the other kid down on the ground. And they would, <laughs> you know, the parents would get upset. It caused right. a whole thing. So, um, you know, so that's okay. I had to work with this kid on positive, appropriate touch. So when yes. I saw the other kid coming in, I grabbed his hand. I said, okay, look who's coming. And then, oh, I'm so excited to see, you know, trying to get to yeah. him to understand the appropriateness. And I said, oh, let's go give him a hug. And so yeah. we would walk over. They would hug, but then he would hug so long and so hard. They, they would start to fall <laughs> over. I'm like, oh, okay. So then, we still need so to work on I, this. So then I introduced, okay, the three-second hug. I said, okay. <laughs> And I call it a bro hug. So, okay, we're going to give a bro hug. Okay, three seconds. And I'll count to three. One, two, three. But now that, um, you know, once I went through massage therapy school, I realized that I should have maybe supported the longer hug a little more because it actually does take 28 seconds to really build that bond. So, you know, let them hug it out for as long as they can. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize it was that long. and I would say let's wait for 28 seconds to see how long it is. But, you know, I don't want you to, like, lose listeners or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really long time. And so um, to incorporate those. So that's, um, would you like me to go on with the. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, the second part. So the second mm-hmm. part would be um, with the toddlers and um, and really school age children to incorporate more peer massage or peer touch so that they can learn from each other. Because like you said, now they're um, trying to, you know, be independent and, you know, socialization is, is, um, is, is, is essential at this point, right? So I guess, you know, we can call it social emotional learning. Right. And so um, that's what the massage in schools program is all about is really teaching our kids appropriate touch at an early age so that, you know, and teaching them the permission part process that is so important. Like, can I give you a massage and actually saying massage to make massage, like not a bad word, like part of self care and to teach that at an early age. And so there's a particular, you know, a specific routine that only lasts five to 15 minutes if Mm -hmm. you know depending on how how they're progressing and um it really takes them out of that fight and flight and just that tense brain and really gets them to the oxytocin to release so that they can really start to learn and that promotes their self-confidence and just makes them feel like they're part of you know that that they're part of that class Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is great yeah, you bring up, you know, that you know, the positive, like, you know, making the positive side of massage and touch a, a part of kind of the routine. And, you know, it's it's important that we have a, a language for it, that we make room for it, that we provide a structure to keep, you know, everything safe and positive in in that, you know, peer, you know, touching one another. It's so, so foundational, right? It's such a human, basic human need to to touch and feel connected. And if we can teach kids how to do that for one another in a respectful and appropriate way, I think that's huge for how children are going to see each other, how they're going to respond to each other, how they're going to you know, impact each other. Exactly. Definitely. And, um, you know, they're going to touch each other anyway. Right. right. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's going to be appropriate or inappropriate. 
you know, they're going to pull, you know, you think of kids when they like a girl, they pull the girl's hair, <laughs> you know, whatever. They're going to, you know, run up and try to hug someone, but push them down instead. So they're touching each other anyway. So it's important that we teach them the appropriate touch and teaching them to um, kind of respect each other's boundaries. So mm-hmm. if someone says, okay, not now, or I don't want it, you have to respect that. And that mm-hmm. teaches them respect for themselves. That teaches the person who's saying no, that my voice is heard and that, you know, it's going to be respected. So um, I like to say that we teach our kids the ABCs and one, two, threes. We need to teach them the MISP, the massage (laughs) and school program as well, because that (laughs) is essential to their social emotional development. That's great. And we'll come back to that a little bit more later. So if we continue on the developmental path that we have, and you already did kind of mention at school age and even to adolescence that bedtime, you know, as far as the parent touch can be a time to connect with therapeutic touch. Absolutely. From infants, you know, infants, we all know that is a time where, you know, you're not going to get any sleep <laughs> as a new parent, right? <laughs> but it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be so bad. You know, a lot of times it is that the soothing touch is the colic with the stomach. So you can teach the, um, you know, learn the stomach massage. Infant massage is, is parent to child. So right. that bonding, the child get into that security. You know, you yeah. need to touch and hug and hold your baby yeah. as often as possible. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to soothe them. That's what's going to make that connection and that bonding so that the whole household is, is calm and right. able to sleep at night. And then, like I said, for the toddlers, and I tell you, I talk about my son, but I, he was really old, <laughs> not old. He was like, you know, <laughs> probably beyond the point where mom should be patting his back. But I would get so much information that way mm-hmm. <laughs> from him. And it was a thing, even to the point where, you know, at one point, obviously, his father and I split up. And so when it was his time to go see his dad, his one question was, well, who's going to pat my back? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that's mm. one thing. That's why we say that we want all kids everywhere to experience positive touch because a lot of times that's what's going to have that connection, you know, from one whether they're moving to a different town, you know, to have mm-hmm. to have the same type of touch in their school or, you know, having the grandparent or whoever knows the same type of touch. That's that connection that helps the kids feel supported. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had mentioned earlier fight or flight and that's, you know, that stress, natural stress response that happens when we feel, you know, perceived or actual threat, right. To to body self-life. And it's often so overramped and can, you know, can really lead to the big feelings and the big reactions that children can have. And so my parenting program is, you know, called is be calm. And I use the letters in B-E-C-A-L-M as the acronym for how to be calm, especially when our children are not, right? Or our children are in those heated moments and they need us, you know, to, to be available and to make that, that point, touch point with them to help settle down the nervous system, as we mentioned. So this reminds me of the C in be calm. So after B, We've taken some time to breathe and really tap into the mindful, you know, self-calming. So we take our knee-jerk reaction out of the equation. And E, we've empathized with their emotions. We've taken the time to understand like what they're feeling and what they're going through. 
Then C is the connection time. And so finding that connection point and, and process because we need to connect before we can correct, you know, the situation at hand for them to hear us, for them to want to work with us, right? Or, or for them to even just be grounded again, they need that connection. And so I can see where this could fit very nicely into uh, like the connection, you know, step in any situation that you're having, whether it is a heated heat of the moment or it's a, you know, coming back from school or, you know, a, a stressful day or, you know, winding down at night. Right. Yes. That connection. I love that because that is sometimes we think of, we forget about the touch, yes. you know, the touch that that's, you're connecting to one of one another. Yes. You know, if you're touching someone, the sense of touch is the only sense that's reciprocal. Meaning that if I touch you, you're touching me, you know, yeah. if I'm talking to you, that doesn't mean that you're talking to me or that you're hearing me or anything, you know, so we have to remember that the touch, that's why a lot of times when you are talking to your child or to anyone for that matter, a gentle touch on a shoulder while you're talking to them, mm-hmm. you know, can help calm their nerves. So they're actually, you're connecting your nervous system with their nervous system. Mm. So if you're, if you're calm and you do a calming touch, that will help your, whoever you're touching calm down as well. So it's mm. definitely that connection. And, um, you know, I don't know how, I do know how, but um, we've gotten away from the physical touch in our mm. society, mm. but um, it's just so essential. And um, there are inappropriate touches. There's abusive touch that a lot of us have experienced in our past and that comes up. So that's why a lot of times you're like, okay, don't touch my child. You know, don't touch me. Don't touch me. So like, don't touch them. But you need that touch. You need that appropriate touch. That's why um, I really emphasize starting at an early age. Age, I see it on my massage table. People tell, oh, get this nine out. I'm like, I can't get that nine out because it's (laughs) emotional until you get, you know, that emotional Thing taken care of, then that night is going to be there. I'm sorry. Right, right, <laughs> right. That it's all connected. Yeah. And yeah, that, you know, that brings up and reminds me that, you know, my oldest, especially, uh, is the one that's been always more cuddly and more needing of that touch. And I, I can see when I lay my hand on her or bring her, you know, in a hug, especially in those heated moments, how it does change the tone of what's happening. And it does start to settle, you know, the situation and I'm starting to use it. You know, we use it more now in the morning. Like, you know, that's one of the stories I tell in my parenting course is that I, you know, as a recovering yeller, you know, the first thing that my kids were hearing in the morning is get out of bed, you know, yes. like, wake up. and that was not the way I wanted to start the day and not the way that I wanted, you know, to kind of energize right. Uh, the, the morning. And so we started doing morning uh, tickles and cuddles. So it's like, you know, uh, if you, you know, if you, the, the, you know, if you can, if you're okay with it, I can, you know, tickle you out of bed or you can get out of bed on your own. Right. <laughs> so they usually, awesome. they usually don't mind getting tickled. That's out of better bed. than my option. Cause I would literally come in and start singing to them. <laughs> shine. I, I do that too. Okay, I'm I do up. that too. Okay. <laughs> I do that too. But I, you know, it's like um, a really nice motivator, especially for my younger one, you know, come the the sooner you get out of bed, the longer we can have morning cuddles. 
right? And so we can stand, you know, together and just start that day calm, connected, you know, holding one another. I love that. And I do have to say, because I have, I do have one kid who um, doesn't like to be touched, you know. So um, speak a little on that. Right. So, you know, when we're doing like family hug time, he's like, I'm good. You know, he's like, uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I know y'all love, you know, I'm good. And um, so we have to respect that. Yes. <laughs> but um, they still need ways to calm their themselves. And so um, I don't know, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but one of the techniques that I do teach is the um, progressive muscle relaxation. You know, they can do different things. They can do the meditation. They can do... Yeah. Um, journaling stuff like that but really um the physical part of like really getting to know and feel your muscles muscles get tight for a couple yeah. of seconds uh-huh. and then exactly and then you yeah. relax them so you can feel the difference between tension and release yeah. that helps them a lot of times just standing close to them you have that magnetic feel right there a lot of times we'll do like back to back here I'm mm. really like trying to really discuss something that might be hard maybe mm. you know back to back sitting mm. back to back and just asking questions back and forth like that and okay. also look for cues when they're asking for touch where they're like okay I'm ready for touch one of the stories that I have with the middle one like you know he's like okay I'm good don't touch me but I mean if I <laughs> if I'm in the kitchen cooking in mm-hmm. quotes um, <laughs> <laughs> That seems to be the time where he wants to come in and have his Nerf basketball and he'll try to like bump into me or try to block the shots or, you know, act like he's posting me, you know, and (laughs) that's like his His way, his way of saying, okay, I need some touch or I need to feel that physical touch. And boys do that a lot of times when they wrestle, you know, when they wrestle with each other. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just look for those times when I'm, when they're asking for the touch and sometimes it's in the, the inappropriate time, like I said, when I'm cooking right. and I'm, so just know that, okay, well, he seems to always want touch like at six o'clock at night. So <laughs> how about before I start or whatever, you know, let's do a, let's have a, 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 a faux basketball game, yeah, you know, yeah, or, you know, some yeah. way to incorporate some type of physical yes. touch. Once you, know. you start to see the pattern, how can exactly. you kind of work it so into the then schedule? you're not frustrating. You're like, get out the kitchen. Right. You know, <laughs> and then giving all the, like the, the make the mixed messages about it. Right. He's exactly. subconsciously asking for touch and you're rejecting it. And right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And for the teens, I would like to add that it's important to start introducing them to professional massage at this time as well. And this way that they have a good relationship to touch and, um, they know how to practice self-care, that this is one of the ways that they can practice self-care. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned the mani-pedi can also be a way to have that. Right. And one of the easy ways is to get a a manicure or a pedicure, you know, go ahead and add on that massage, the lower leg massage or the forearm massage. And even if they do this shoulder massage, just small ways, it doesn't have to be an hour. doesn't even have to be usually for teenagers or, or the, the younger school age kids, 30 minutes or less is good. Mm-hmm. So if you want to go to a spa, you know, you can put the 30 minute session, which will be plenty of time. And, um, you know, just little chair, like I said, if you go to the pedicure place and they're doing chair massage, you know, a little five to 10 minute scout, my son, 
love, love, love scalp massage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when I would go to events and I used to, to take him to events weeks, he'll, he'll say, oh, make sure she does your scalp. Because, you know, just <laughs> like little stuff like that. I know sometimes I get like, don't touch my hair. Right. But that is such a great way to ease the tension, you know, mm-hmm. just of the day and with headaches. So, yeah. So that's one of the um, <laughs> one of the good ways to introduce massage for for teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned uh, boys as well, because I think and about it. Yeah. Right. Oftentimes we don't think about um boys in the in the foot, you know, getting a, a manicure, a pedicure. But um. You know, it's important for the boys to get into that as well. That's the easy and simple way and non-threatening way, so to speak, to to introduce that touch and that self-care that um we all need and to make it normal, make it just a regular part of everyday life for boys and girls to to get that positive touch that they need. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, part of grooming and an, even an aspect of grooming that you can, as a parent, you know, do for younger children, right? As far as and it's a bonding experience, you can take wow. the whole family to get your man and nanny <laughs> together. You know? That's right. That's right. I love it. It's a definitely yes. bonding experience. Yes. yes. Thanks for that. Yeah. So that, you know, that brings up kind of with older children ways that touch can be, you know, helpful. I like that back to back idea. And even, with you know older children, adolescents, um, and even with spouses, right? We're moving into adulthood. That idea of touch is really powerful. Um, yes. One you know strategy that I I know of and I learned and I use is you know especially like you mentioned with the hard conversations or if you're having you know conflict, holding hands or touching you know your partner, you know touching your teen. Like if you can hold hands as you're having that hard conversation. I think what you said about kind of grounding the nervous system, calming the nervous system, again, shifts, down-regulates, you know, the the energy in that conflict and helps, again, I think, bring about the, the nurture and comfort hormones into the equation. Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned with partners. As adults, we bring all sorts of emotional baggage in our relationships that we don't even know we have. And so to understand that and to respect that, I think you probably all heard of the love language, you know, love languages and to really get to know um, each other's love language, even with the kids, get to know how they perceive love and give Mm -hmm. that to them. You know, um, definitely holding hands is um, an easy or a a way to make that connection Mm -hmm. and to um, feel your support. Mm -hmm. And even our language um, with my husband you know, I would ask him to do the simplest thing, like uh, take out the trash. And it'll be like this bit, like, I'm not a kid. I'm like, I just asked you to take out the trash. (laughs) 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 So what it is, is that that was his background he had as a kid growing up. That was a trigger for him. For him, clearly. So he learned to say, okay, so now if I ask him to do something, I say, darling, darling, would you take out the trash or take out the trash, darling? You know, sometimes I forget. And so I add the darling at the end and it's like, just makes us laugh. But that just that one difference um, makes a big difference. Yeah, words of affirmation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, physical touch is is a huge one of those love languages. And it ranks differently for different people, but it is, you know, one way that we give and receive love. So that's really powerful to think about it in that way. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you think that when we deprive our kids of touch, because, you know, we don't want anybody to touch them, it's it's depriving them of that connection. Whether, like I said, we're going to touch each other anyway. It just depends on if it's positive or you have permission or, you know, whatever it is. So to really teach that respect for touch Mm -hmm. by giving touch, (laughs) you know, it's kind of a hard concept, but it's something that we really have to practice intentionally. So that's another thing that I teach intention because that matters. You can really sense someone's intention by their touch. Right. Right. Yeah. And sometimes you have to work with people on you know, how that happens, right? Because sometimes you know, people might be a little bit rougher. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, not a deep tissue girl, right? Like when it comes to massage, I really needs to be really gentle and really relaxation based. And so sometimes you have to give that feedback, right? That, oh, that's, you know, that's a little bit, that's a little bit hard, right? Or a little bit rough. Thank like, you, you, know, just, yes. you know, can you t- take it down like two or three notches, right? Like, you know, and I think that's a part of the discussion, the conversation yes. and the feedback. Yes, you'd be so surprised how many people don't say anything. Anything. Even when I'm asking them, how's the pressure? How are you feeling? Oh, everything's good. And then they leave and then they complain or they write it a bad You know, I'm like, I asked you. you Multiple times. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And then it gets to the point where you don't want to keep asking because you do want them to relax. So, you know, so like you said, if it gets too much, then they just let you do it. I'm like, you should have said something. Right, so yeah, right. and that goes to feeling like you haven't been heard. Sometimes yeah, in childhood, true. your voice didn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. you may have spoken up before, mm-hmm. as we just discussed with, you know, when you're asking for touch and then you say permission. Oh, yeah. You know, you've probably asked for it before and you wasn't heard, you wasn't listened to. Yeah. And so just teaching that, teaching that, okay, yes, I can say yes or no. I can tell you. So when I'm working with children. That's one thing that I tell them, look, let me know. I want you to tell me at least one time that, you know, I want you to give me feedback at least yeah. one time. Yeah. And this gets them, and then I respect that, yeah. you know, and this gets them to kind of work that brain muscle that says, exactly. okay, ask for what I need, ask for what I want and yes. get them that practice and expect that, you know, my voice will be heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. And that's a nice transition into talking about your school's program. Uh, I hadn't heard of it before, you know, uh, meeting you. So tell us a little bit about how that works. Yes, massage in schools. Right. Massage in schools program, we call it MISP. It is an international program. It started in, in Europe mm-hmm. by two ladies who were, well, the one lady, she, her son had issues in school. And so she figured out that massage really helped him. Yeah. And so she said, well, you know what, all these, you know, I need to spread the word. Yeah, because there are a lot of kids like this. And yeah. so 20 years later, it's been they've been doing this for 20 years with a bunch of research and found that it's really effective yeah, <laughs> in I schools. And bet. so, that, you know, so then our philosophy is that every child everywhere needs mm-hmm. therapeutic touch every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. And you'd be surprised. It doesn't take long. Five minutes, 10 minutes. So there's a, a specific protocol for the mm-hmm. program mm-hmm. that we teach the schools, kids in schools. So it's peer to peer, right? It's not on um, the teacher doing teacher. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. So it's peer to peer. Like I said, right. kids are touching each other anyway. We right. just we just need right. to show them how to do it. And with this, um, right, with this 15 steps, it takes 15 minutes or less, depending mm-hmm. on the age and, and if they're um, participating. They get to say yes or no to the massage if they want to yeah. participate. Yeah. 
and it and it's and, and it takes their um it gets them out of the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic ner- nervous system where now they can actually calm themselves and yes. are ready to learn. Yeah. So it goes from fight or flight to rest and digest. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the, the two the nervous systems. That's really beautiful. And so how does a school get a, the massage in school programs to come? Or right. Well, um, yeah, so they would get in touch with, they can go to the website, massageinschools.com and um, just find them, a, find a, a, um, someone in their area who, who can mm-hmm. provide that for them. Or they can actually in, get in touch with me because now that I am in, you know, the president of the U.S. division, then yeah. I have, I can sort of say, okay, this person is in your area, or I can, you know, make sure I, you know, make sure right. it gets make, to them if they're interested. So, yeah, um, oh. thegoodmom.org, they can just, all my contact information is there, so they can definitely contact me. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. And that, you know, so, so nicely talks about how you impact children, not only your own children in your home, but really children, you know, around the country and the world through wow. massage and therapeutic touch. That's great. Yes, because often, can I, uh, yes, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, often, um, you know, like I said, in my, the village, village academy, we don't know yeah. what, we say um, it starts at the home, but what's in that home, we don't know. We don't know if they yeah. know, if they have the tools, if they know any better, if they, whatever. So to put it in the schools is a way to um, get the conversation started because we found that we what will happen is that the kids will learn it at school and then they'll take it home. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's exactly. so, you know, sometimes it starts in the community. Sometimes mm-hmm. it starts in the school. Sometimes it starts at home. But so we're trying to get, get it all, go from all angles. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that. So I see you as a mom changing the world, you know, using your voice as a mom coach, a massage therapist, the president of, you know, the massage in schools program and a leader, as well as a mom. Can you give us a couple of tips for how you create balance and, and find joy in all that you are doing? Yes. Um, I think for me, I'm a naturally calm and, you know, person and yeah, happy. Yeah. So, but um, what I, so sometimes when parents come to me and they say, and I like, don't understand, but what I can, <laughs> what I can share with them <laughs> is to be present, you know, just to be present in that moment. Yes, they're getting on your nerves, but just, you know, look at like, what exactly are kids doing that's getting on your nerves? Is it, you know, they're not sleeping because they're hungry, you know, whatever it is, just being present in that moment. Sometimes, you know, you look at your child and you're like, and you can't believe what they're doing, but then, you know, I find the, I find the joy in it. I find the, the comedy in it, you know, a lot of times, um, you know, I'm laughing maybe inappropriately, I don't know, but, um, you know, just, (laughs) just being present in that moment and, um, providing that support. Yeah. Yeah. Humor is, uh, you know, laughter is like medicine, right? We can find the humor in the situation. Find the humor. Yeah. Get a playlist going or, you know, tap into a favorite joke. It, it can definitely, you know, shift things in the moment when things are stressed. Right. Yeah. right. It definitely shifts things as a parent. And um, the other thing is, 
as I said, presence, but also making sure that um, you know what you enjoy for yourself. Like I love yeah. um, aroma. Yeah, I love candles. I love lighting candles. So making sure that you know I have space that smells good, that yeah. kind of thing. And um, when we first started off, you asked me, um, tell me about yourself. And I started with who I am, mm-hmm. because that's who I am. You know, a lot of times, so often we start out, okay, well, I'm a mom of three. I've done this and I've done that. But that's not who you are, yeah. you know, so just to know who you are as a person and um, yeah. put yourself first and make sure yeah. you have what you what makes you happy you in the yeah. beginning. Yeah, that's great. So that speaks to, you know, self-care. And something I ask, you know, all the moms is, you know, how do you prioritize it? And, you know, what do you do for your own self-care? Okay, so um, I definitely, I guess because of my profession as a massage therapist, I am definitely engaged in self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, I am blessed enough to be able to take like a full day to promote to like just doing whatever I mm-hmm. want to do <laughs> for one day out of the week. Yeah. And um, most of the time it is going to get a massage. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's um, just soaking in a bathtub with some candles and my favorite music, you know, mm-hmm. some Jill Scott or something like that <laughs> playing in the background. And um, yeah, just that's how I do sucky, just making sure. And um, really, if there is, and then I'm um, also for couples, I'm having that date night, like, some things are like not like we're not compromising on my day, my, you know, my day and my date night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. You know, I, I think it's been interesting, the shift that's happened with the pandemic and everything where, you know, it was e- easier, I think for me before the, the pandemic to schedule in a regular massage and go and have that done. But even now with just safety protocols and places closing down, I feel like it's been harder and I know I'm trying to figure out how to get back to that more and more. One tip, I think for me as a young mom, I did benefit so much from the, you know, prenatal massages and those. And so I had to schedule it in. And so I did one of those like massage, you know, kind of subscriptions, right? Where you pay a little bit every month and then that gives you, you know, so many hours for the month. And that way it was scheduled. That way it was a part of the routine. And that way I knew that I needed to make that time because I was investing in it and it just helped me feel so much better, especially at yeah, reconnecting with my body as a new mom. And so I, that's one tip that I, I do encourage, you know, parents to think yeah. about is, you know, if it's hard to kind of just schedule it here and there, think about investing in, you know, a, a yeah. system, right. Where Absolutely. it's every, it's on a clock and a routine. And for me, I couldn't make it every month, but I would combine it, right. And make it a longer one right? Every other month, right? Or, or And that was even, I realized that was even better. Like the longer the time that I could really yes. relax and I could you know, get that nap in there, right? And, right? Right. So sometimes you just have to kind of get, I think, creative yeah, that way. So you had to plan for it. Like you said, I love, that's what I tell um, my clients all the time, you know, get this series, get the six series, get the, you yes. know, monthly plan or whatever. Yes. Because a lot of times if you don't, you know, especially with the monthly plan, yeah. if you don't use it that month, then, you know, you're so, you know, you're already paid for it so you're like okay I'm going that month you You know so just make it like make it hard for you to say no to yourself you know invest like I said that that investment yeah yeah and then you know as in some of the transition and reopening you know 
figuring out, like you said, ways at home that you don't involve leaving your house, right? To mm-hmm. enjoy that relaxation with that long, you know, time in the tub, or even just, you know, I've, I've realized even just working my own knots out, you know, right, or giving right. myself a hug, you know, one of the, exactly. the, you know, breathing tools that I teach kids sometimes is, you know, owl breathing, where you kind of, you know, wrap your, give yourself a hug, and then you kind of pat your shoulders. And it really is like a self-massage, you know, because you're, as you're breathing, you know, deeply in and out, you're kind of giving your body some feedback with the tapping on the shoulder. And sometimes kids, especially with those with autism or ADHD, just have sensory processing issues. And so just need some of that, that additional feedback, you know, of where my, where my body is in space. And so I love that you mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, That's That's all. That's, um, Mm -hmm. that takes back all all the way into the ancient, like the Asian community, the Chinese Mm -hmm. um, community where, you know, you have the, the, um, energetic points on your body and you just tap and that's, you know, it releases stress and just all the things that you said. So it it gives that biofeedback. Right. Right. So yeah. To the system. Yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah, as we're winding down, are there any other, you know, tips of advice? So anything you'd say to your younger self as a mom or a mom who might be struggling right now? Any final things as we're wrapping up? Yeah, I would say to my younger mom self is to make your own expectations. You know, don't try to live up to other people's expectations. Make your own expectations. Make sure that they fit in um, with your values, with your lifestyle, yeah. you know, and um, just go from there and, and just know that whatever you do comes from a place of confidence and support and just your inner belief, you know, whatever that is for you. Yeah. And um, because it doesn't matter really what the outside is thinking, because, mm-hmm. you know, I look at it as a circle. Like someone's going to think you did good. Someone's going to think it's bad. And so it doesn't matter what that is, as long as it's true to yourself and who you are, yeah. your intentions, make sure that it's, it fits your intentions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great, Anita. So tell us how can uh, parents, how can our listeners get a hold of you or connect with you? Yes. So um, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Um, those are the two main things. And um, basically, if you go to my website, thegoodmom.org, there are links there to um, if you want to send me an email, you just want to follow, you know, my social media, whatever it is. So, yeah. So my website, thegoodmom.org. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for reminding us the the power and the importance of therapeutic touch at every age and every stage. And yeah, have an amazing, you know, kind of rest of the year. Thank you. You do, you do the same. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So to wrap up today, I wanted to do two mindfulness activities that you can do for yourself. And they're breathing exercises that are also fun for kids that involve touch. So the first one I mentioned during the episode is the owl breathing. And you simply can, you know, if you want to take a couple minutes to try it right now, you can clear your hands. You just need some space. You can be standing or sitting. I like to do it sitting in the chair, nice and tall, you know, grounded into the ground and yet relaxed. So then you cross your arms in front of you, holding onto each shoulder with the opposite arm. 
And so this crossing motion is important for crossing the midline and then development for children and being comfortable with that. But also here we're giving, like I mentioned, some feedback as to touching and recognizing where my body, where my shoulders are in relation you know, to the rest of me. So as you do that, then you have a little bit of pressure on your chest. And so you can kind of lift your arms so that it doesn't make it harder to breathe big. But you want to go ahead and take three breaths in through the nose, getting a nice big breath into the lungs. And you can feel the lungs as you're breathing deep with this move. And then relaxing, letting it go out through the mouth. Again, in through the nose, holding it, and then relax out through the mouth. And number three, in through the nose, big breath, fill the lungs, see it rise with the crossed arms on it, take a hold and let it go. So after starting off with the breaths, then you can start tapping the shoulders with the whole hand. So just gently pressing the palm of the hand. I start off alternating, but you can do it at the same time if you uh, and your child prefer, but I alternate as now I continue the breathing and the patting of the shoulders. So in through the nose, patting each shoulder, I start off slow and then out through the mouth. In through the nose, patting a little bit quicker and out through the mouth. Last time in through the nose, patting a little bit quicker, out through the mouth. And here you can continue to go faster and faster with the shoulders. And kids really like this because it's kind of a fun, makes a fun little noise. And it can be like your wings of the owl are flapping away. I don't know if you can hear it when I'm doing it here, but it's a fun one. And then whenever you're ready, you can stop. And then I like to add a self-hug at the end. So you can squeeze those shoulders, raise the shoulders as well. Give that tight squeeze again, giving feedback to where your body is. Get the wiggles out and then relax. Let it go. And then feel the blood rushing kind of back into those muscles that were tensing before. And if you look up and do a progressive muscle relaxation, it's similar, progressing through all of the major muscles from toe to head or from head to toe, whichever way you prefer. So that's a fun one. And with the tapping on the shoulders, you can also go down the arm. If you like to kind of tap up and down the arms, that's another way to do it. Whatever, again, gives the best feedback and is the best feeling, but definitely don't forget to end with that self-hug. And then the second mindfulness breathing exercise that's fun to do with children is the starfish or the roller coaster. And I like this one because you take your hand and use it as a guide. And because you are touching your hand with the opposite finger. So one hand, one palm is open and extended all five fingers out. And then the other pointer finger is used to basically trace the outline, much like we did when we were tracing our fingers as kids. And so when you go up a finger, starting with the thumb, you breathe in. And when you go down the finger, you breathe out. And so you do this with all five fingers. And it's a contact, you know, point of contact that you're making hand, finger to hand, and you're keeping track of your five breaths 
And then of course, you can also go back the other way to make 10 breaths. So going up and down the pinky, then the ring finger and the middle, all the way back to the thumb. Breathing in when you slide up, down when you slide down, all the way to the outside of the thumb again. And so that's a way to get 10 breaths in and make contact by touching your hand. And sometimes for children who might lose track of where they're counting or find that their mind wanders with the counting, having the roller coaster of your fingers or the starfish uh, to guide the breathing and counting is a great way to ground it and to keep it going. So let's go ahead and try that now. Take one hand open. I usually put my palm facing out, but you can face either way. Take your pointer, the pointer finger of your other hand. For me, that's my right hand. And then start tracing up for breath one up the thumb. Breathe out down the thumb. Breath two up the pointer finger. And down. Three up the index finger. And down. Four up the ring finger. And down. Five up the pinky, in through the nose, and out. And let's continue back up the pinky, and down. Ring finger, and down. Middle finger, and out. Pointer finger. And down, and finally back to the thumb again, and out. Thank you for taking some extra time to do those breathing exercises, and I hope they're ones that you'll try with yourself and your child today. listening to Moms Changing the World with host Akua Walker. The information shared on this show is meant for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitute for medical intervention or professional therapy. All views shared on the show are that of the speakers only and do not represent any institution. To be a part of the community, visit www.momschangingtheworld.org. There you'll find ways to connect with and support the Moms We Interview and find out how to work with Akua as a parenting coach. Join us next time for more encouragement and support to be a mom changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.